Welcome to our conversations, and we are so glad you joined us. I'm Charles, we're here with Kelly, uh, and today we're going to look at Luke chapter 4, verses 21 through 30, and this is kind of leads right uh, where we left off last week, uh, as we see Jesus in his hometown, uh, in the synagogue teaching, and, um, and we see some reaction to that teaching as well. We do, we do. Would you like me to read today? Sure. Okay, so we're picking up in verse 21. It says, Then he began to say to them, Today this scripture has been fulfilled in your hearing. All spoke well of him and were amazed at the gracious words that came from his mouth. They said, Is this not Joseph's son? He said to them, Doubtless you will quote to me this proverb, Doctor, cure yourself. And you will say, Do hear also in your hometown the things we have heard you did at Capernaum. And he said, truly, I tell you, no prophet is accepted in the prophet's hometown. But the truth is, there were many widows in Israel in the time of Elijah, when the heaven was shut up three years and six months, and there was a severe famine over all the land. Yet Elijah was sent to none of them except a widow at Zarephath in Sidon. Then there were also many lepers in Israel at the time of the prophet Elisha, and none of them was cleansed except Naaman the Syrian. When they heard this, all in the synagogue were filled with rage. They got up, drove him out of town, and led him to the brow, the brow of the hill on which their town was built, so that they might hurl him off the cliff. But he passed through the midst of them and went on his way. So that's quite a story. It is. And you kind of like read it at first glance, and it's just a lot. Um, and you just kind of like saying Zarephath. Um and these different things, but what you get this, this picture of is that they were just very in awe and, and wonder of Jesus in his teaching. Um, and then uh, he began to kind of see that they perhaps want a little bit more because they were the hometown crowd and right. wanted to do what he had been doing other places in Capernaum. And basically he was saying uh, that God's love, God's grace, that he came for, for all, not just for mm -hmm. his hometown or not just... Uh, for the, the Jewish people, but for, for everyone. Yeah. And that's what kind of caused a stir. Yeah, things went from very, very good to very, very bad. Mm -hmm. And uh, I don't know why I get tickled by this part of the story, that they try to throw him off a cliff. Mm -hmm. I don't know. I just find that detail of the story so interesting. And, like, funny is not the right word, but every time I just picture it and... I don't know, it seems like something out of a cartoon or the Three Stooges or something to me. But mm -hmm. uh, the story tells us, luckily, Jesus made it out. Mm -hmm. One of the things that I really love is <laughs> the way Jesus um, responds to them. They're saying, well, you've done all these great things in Capernaum. Why don't you bring some of that magic back home? We've got, mm -hmm. we've got some issues here. And he says, of course, this is what you want. But don't you remember the stories of our prophets, no prophet is ever welcome in their hometown. And he tells the story of Elijah, who goes to see a widow. And it's actually a really sad story. It's in First Kings. And he says, um, I'm thirsty, I'm hungry. Can you make me a loaf of bread? Can you shelter me? And she says, I'm so sorry, I only have enough flour left for me and my son. I'm going to make dinner for my son and I, and then we will die because there's a famine. Mm -hmm. And Elijah says, well, make me this loaf and promises her um, like the goodness of God. And the story goes that she never runs out of oil or flour ever again. It's kind of like a loaves and fishes kind of moment. Mm -hmm. And then Jesus tells this great story of Elijah's successor, Elisha, where 
um, a Syrian, so not a Jew, comes to be healed by by Elisha, and he tells him to go dip himself in the Jordan River seven times, and there's much uh, arguing back and forth because Naaman, as we all are, is sometimes a little hard-headed, but in the end, the one that is healed is the Gentile leper from Syria. Mm -hmm. And so we get these two really beautiful, shining examples, not only of fabulous stories that everyone should read in the Old Testament, but these stories of um, the way that God's power moves, sometimes most profoundly, in people who are outside of what we would consider the fold of the faithful. Mm -hmm. Exactly. It's like that they and we sometimes... Uh, we want we want great God's grace for ourselves, but not so much for for other people mm -hmm. that we may not agree with or see eye to eye. And uh, but we want God's grace for ourselves. Um, but when we realize that um, just in this scripture that God's grace is for everyone, you know how should that change the way that we see other people and treat other people and yeah. what we say to to others as well. Um, and this idea that that. After this, that Jesus went on his way, that he had this mission to continue, not just in his hometown, but to other places yeah. as well. I think about the way that sometimes scripture feels so far away. Mm -hmm. um, culturally and contextually, I often struggle to picture it or to connect with it. But in this case, I think there is something so human at play in Jesus's hometown and the people mm -hmm. who were with him in the synagogue when he greets them with words of grace and words of pretty radical acceptance of the outsider. And it provokes the listener to anger. And I think about how often when we are presented with a really difficult truth or with um, mm -hmm. a reality of scripture uh, or a, a notion of radical acceptance that we are often first provoked to anger. Um, I mean, you, you said it just a moment ago when we are presented with the idea that someone other than someone who looks like me, votes like me, believes like me, is situated in life similarly to me, is also deserving of radical grace and acceptance of God, um, that can that can ruffle some feathers. And there's just mm -hmm. something so, so uh, wildly human about this passage. Mm -hmm. Well, and it, and it said that Jesus did something here that you're never supposed to do. Um, and that is to, to tell the truth to yeah. um, friends, to people you know. <laughs> um, you know, that question, how do I look or how? But anyway, um, and, you know, and when that, that happens, then we, we see this transition of confusion, of anger uh, all take place. And I, I'm wondering, because there was, we're told that there was a time of offering prayer and worship. Mm -hmm. And then uh, in the synagogue for, uh, and then there were uh, seven scriptures that were read. And I'm just wondering if this Elijah, Elisha scripture, if those were read and it yeah. was almost like, we just heard this from, from God's word. And this is, remember, this is what happened. Yeah. And, um, you know, and they didn't know quite what to do with that. But, um, but I always love that, that, you know, the, the, 
that one of the golden rules is that we're, don't ever tell the truth to your good good friends. <laughs> yeah, it might land you uh, thrown off the side of a cliff. Mm -hmm. Luckily for us, we live in a very flat place, I guess. Yeah. Mm. Yeah. I think I think one of the things that I really struggle with, and I, I guess I'm just stuck on the humanness of this passage this week. There mm. are some weeks where all you can think about is Jesus, and there are some weeks that all you can think <clears throat> about is the other person in the story. And I am in one of those weeks where all I can think about is the other person in the story. Mm -hmm. And maybe that's the spirit trying to tell me something. Mm -hmm. um, but I just, I wonder why it is that we are so easily provoked to anger and why it is that it is so difficult to choose to accept the crazy grace of God for ourselves, but also to accept it for others. Um, and I'm wondering, like, what is the faithful response when we feel that bubble of anger start to rise up in our, in our stomach and our mm -hmm. chest starts to tighten? Like, what is the faithful response when we, like the early listeners of Jesus, are tempted to be angered by God's acceptance of mm -hmm. others? Well, and I think to just kind of to flip that switch, mm -hmm. um, I think we, we see in Jesus, just how we handle rejection, um, or that, that anger that, um, we see that he, you know, did not, um, totally try to, once he presented the, the truth, he didn't, uh, wait on them to change or, you know, yeah. feel like he had a responsibility to change their mind. Yeah. Um, but he did, I mean, share the truth. And then again, he, he went on his way. Yeah. from there and, and went about his, his mission. So I think the rejection is very much part of our humanness. Anger is part of our humanness. Uh, all those things, but the way we handle them um, can make all the, all the difference in the world. So, yeah. so <laughs> I don't know if this relates. I'm sure you'll find a really faithful, gracious way to make me feel better about mm -hmm. sharing this story. And I also wrote about it in our church's newsletter this week. Mm -hmm. um, but I recently, you're going to laugh because mm -hmm. I've talked about this to you so much. I recently have started taking a pottery class at mm -hmm. the university. Mm -hmm. And I think it is a huge mistake. I think I should not have taken this class. Um, not because it's not fun, because it actually is mm -hmm. really fun, but because I am horrible at it. And I think maybe the reason it is not fun for me is because I am so outstandingly bad at making pots and using clay. And mm -hmm. so I think maybe I'm wondering if, if when we're faced with those feelings of anger or hesitancy or whatever it is, um, is it that we don't like something or is it? that it's just new to us and new things are scary because we might be bad at them for a little while. Do you know what I mean? Mm -hmm. uh, yes. And, and, and I think it's a little bit of both there. I yeah. think, you know, there's always that hesitancy to do something new. And, uh, and of course, you know, uh, we were, we and I were excited you were, were doing that <laughs> and, you know, and wanted to, to hear from this pottery class. But I, yes, I, I do think it's a, it's a combination of, of things and you know life is strange that way that you you try new things and um, sometimes you find out where your giftedness is and mm -hmm. sometimes not and and it's 
funny how we respond to that. Sometimes we just keep, I mean, I keep swinging a golf club, um, even though I'm terrible at it. Or sometimes we just say that that's it. Um, you know, learn my lesson. So, um, but what I, I love about this and kind of in, you know, that same vein a little bit, what we, what we really see is that it is not easy to get rid of Jesus. Yes. And I think we can give up a, a lot of things or we can, um, you know, move on in, in life. Um, but, uh, but I, I love just that simple line that I read that it's not easy to get rid of Jesus, mm -hmm. that God's love, his grace, uh, keeps pursuing us and keeps, um, coming after us and um, we keep experiencing it whether we sometimes want to admit it or or not in different ways or whether we sometimes see it or not so um so i love that about this passage as we um kind of look at the the bigness of god's grace and again not just for jesus hometown or not just for uh the the jewish people but for for everyone everyone from a, a very poor widow to to a royalty of mm -hmm. naming you yeah know? so and everybody in between yeah. Well, I can't really top that. So can I pray for us? Yeah, absolutely. Loving God, when we are faced with something new, um, like the challenge of loving new people or the challenge of learning to love in a new way or the challenge of um, this gospel of Jesus that asks so much of us, we ask that you would help us to be brave, that you would help us um, to love, that you would help us to be open-minded and open-hearted, ready to see your face in every person that we meet and everything that we do, and to accept the good news that your love is so much bigger than we could imagine, and that is very, very good news for all of us. In Christ's name we pray. We hope you have enjoyed this episode of Clergy Conversations with Auburn United Methodist Church. Check back next week for our next episode. For more information about Auburn United Methodist Church, please visit our website at aumc.net.